Hey, I'm Rachel May, country singer-songwriter and host of Mama's Cup of Ambition, the podcast for ambitious mamas with big dreams and little kids. Or maybe your kids aren't so little anymore, but your dreams are still just as big as ever. Wherever you find yourself in your motherhood journey, if you've got ambitious goals that you're longing to achieve and you're looking to spark inspiration, cultivate motivation, and develop community with like-minded mamas, you're in the right place. As a new mama myself, I created this show as a place for honest and empowering conversations about motherhood, entrepreneurship, and dream chasing. So grab a notebook, top off that cup of coffee, and let's turn our goals into action plans and our dreams into reality together. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Mama's Cup of Ambition. So when this episode airs, we will be into April, which is my birthday month. And yes, you heard that right. I said birthday month. (laughs) Uh, My sister and I have birthdays super close together, and she and I have always had this vibe of celebrating the entire month of April as our birthday month. Um, And then my son Waylon was born in April as well. So it just feels like a month of celebration, and it's so much fun. It's like wall-to-wall joy for just four weeks in a row. And I always look forward to all of the celebrating that takes place. How about you? Do you celebrate the entire month or just your birthday? Am I just being extra here or is this your vibe too? If not, I highly recommend you give it a try. Anyway, today I wanted to share something a little different, but before I explain, let me kind of set the stage here and give you some context. So as you know, if you've been listening to the pod for a while, I've been really trying to push myself this year to get out of the rut that I've been in for the past few years. I mean, I had just kind of been feeling a little disconnected from myself and from my dreams. Like they were still very much calling my name and asking for my attention, but the further away I got from the active pursuit of my ambition, the easier it was getting to just sort of stop putting myself out there in challenging or new and uncomfortable situations, you know? Maybe you can relate to that too. But the further away that I got from my dreams, the scarier the idea of starting to move back toward them felt. Like I felt like a dog with one of those invisible fences. You know the kind I'm talking about, right? Where the dog wears a collar and gets zapped every time it wanders outside of the designated area. And then eventually, it's like the dog can see the invisible fence and it can sense those predetermined limits and just stops trying to bust past them because it's just too painful and scary. And it was like over time, I had unintentionally built up this invisible fence and in an effort to protect myself from anything beyond what I had come to know and trust, I just stopped trying. And the thing is, after a while, I just started to go a little stir crazy. I was like growing more and more anxious to break free from my self-imposed limitations. So at the end of last year, I set the intention to start venturing back out into the world and back in contact with my dreams. And that's exactly what I've been doing the past few months. But damn, it's been scary at times to put myself back out there. Rewarding, super rewarding and totally worth it, but scary because I just got used to staying within the confines of my invisible fence. But there's an incredible quote from Wayne Dyer that I love. And he said, the only limits you have are the limits you believe. And that has just proven to be so true as I've started putting myself and my dreams back out into the world. So in the Ambitious Mamas Club this quarter, we've been reading Find Your 
Unicorn Space by Eve Rodsky. And in chapter 10 of that book, we were presented with an exercise that was designed to help us to sort of conjure up some courage when we were facing our fears. So the idea was basically to identify your superhero narrative, you know, the moments in your life where you were bold and brave and you put yourself in situations that terrified you and challenged you to face your fears. And basically the goal of this exercise was to give us a roundup of moments where we were scared to do something, but we showed up as our badass selves anyway. And by taking this little trip down memory lane, you can remind yourself that you're so much more capable than you believe. And again, like Wayne Dyer said, the only limits you have are the ones you believe. So as I did that exercise this week, one of the many moments that made it onto my list was the time that I auditioned to be a contestant on the reality TV show Nashville Star. It was like a country music version of American Idol. Talk about nerve wracking. (laughs) That was a nerve wracking experience. And I actually recorded an entire episode about that experience for another podcast that I used to host called the Opry Dreamer podcast. And I've since retired that show, but I decided to pull that episode from the archives and share it with you here today because I thought maybe you might get a kick out of the story for one. (laughs) But also, maybe you'll listen to this episode and think to yourself, okay, if Rachel can put herself out there and do that, then surely I can do whatever that big audacious goal or desire that you have is. So here it is, my friend, the story of my very own brush with reality TV. Enjoy. Hey there, Opry Dreamer. Welcome to episode number four of the Opry Dreamer podcast. I'm so happy you're here with me. If I had a dime for every time I've been asked this question after one of my shows, I'd be able to fund a new record. Have you ever thought about going on, insert name of the most popular TV talent show of the time, be it American Idol, The Launch, America's Got Talent, The Voice, and the list goes on from there. And I usually just respond with something like, oh, thank you, I'm so flattered that you think I've got what it takes to compete on. Again, insert the name of whatever show we're talking about. And that's typically where I leave the conversation. I don't go into my long-winded explanation of why I don't go try out for these shows. But the truth is, early on in my career, I did think about trying out for one of those shows. And in fact, I did. And I figured I'd share that experience with you today and some of my biggest takeaways from my brush with reality TV. It was February 20th, 2008, and my sister and I had just boarded a train bound for Portland, Oregon. Just a few weeks before, I was sitting in my living room in front of a camera, stacked atop a chair and several books serving as a makeshift tripod, recording my audition video, while nervously obsessing over the long list of rules that I had been directed to follow by the Hollywood Casting Agency. It had been about three years since I'd vocalized to the world that I wanted to make music more than just a hobby, and I hadn't started my band yet, but I had just bought my first guitar and I was learning to play it. And up to that point, I had been getting out to perform in any way that I could, which was mostly me participating in karaoke contests at local fairs. I cringe to think about some of those early performances, but they actually served as great training ground and helped me to overcome a lot of the fear that I had around performing. I mean, if you've ever stood on a stage by yourself at a state fair, singing along with a backing track while folks ate corn dogs and critique your performance, then you know what I mean. 
It gets awkward up there during those 12-bar instrumental solos when you got to learn how to hold everyone's attention without looking like a nervous wreck. And that's a skill I was glad I developed before I hit the barroom circuit with my band. But y'all, I was ready to up-level my efforts, and when I heard about a casting call happening one state over, I decided... What the heck? It's worth a shot. So I made a submission video, signed my life away in the form of an application about as big as the Bible, bought a train ticket, and I was on my way to try and be the next Nashville star. In my audition packet, I got an approved list of cover songs and was told that I could choose one song for my audition of which I'd be able to sing 30 seconds of in front of the judges. And yes, you heard that right. I said 30 seconds. I remember sitting on the train overanalyzing my song choice. Had I made the right choice? Should I change it up? The list included songs like Achy Breaky Heart, Independence Day, and Crazy. But I decided I'd stick with my original song selection, and I tucked the list away in my bag and tried to just take my mind off what I was about to go do. And when our train arrived in Portland, my sister and I checked into our hotel, went to grab a bite to eat, and then settled in for the night because we had to get to Rose Quarter Coliseum early the next morning to get in line for the audition. My alarm went off at 6 a.m., I got dressed, did some vocal warm-ups, and we were out the door. We got to the Coliseum and took our place in line, and we stood there outside for over six hours with a huge crowd of Nashville star hopefuls waiting for a chance to shine. Thankfully, my sister, always the planner, had a backpack full of snacks to keep us fueled for the wait. But keep in mind that it was February in the Pacific Northwest, and it was cold out, y'all. So six hours felt like several days. There was a palpable mix of nerves and excitement in the air, but I had this overwhelming feeling that I didn't belong. I mean, I didn't look like any of the other girls in line, and all of a sudden, I was really aware of the fact that I wasn't wearing the uniform of Daisy Dukes and cowboy boots under a down jacket. How had I missed the memo? And I'm not trying to take shots at anyone here, but I just felt a bit like Olive in that scene from the movie Little Miss Sunshine when she's getting ready backstage at the beauty pageant and she looks wildly out of place. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you've never seen that movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. But I did my best to just get out of my own head and just have fun. I tried to start conversations with the folks around me, but my efforts weren't met with the warmest welcome. And I recognize it's a contest, but couldn't we at least connect over the shared experience we were having? Apparently not. And I can only speak to my own experience here, but I hated that it felt so cutthroat. When the Coliseum doors finally opened, we were met by a blast of warm air as we shuffled inside slowly in what felt like a cattle drive. (laughs) I was assigned my number, and we were redirected to our next holding space, a collection of tables where contestants would congregate and anxiously wait for their group to be called. I was contestant 0964, and I was ready for my 30 seconds. Now, our audition process was different than what you'd typically see on TV. It wasn't just you and the judges. We were brought into an audition room with groups of about 30 at a time. And then, Von Trapp family style, a line of five of us would be asked to step forward. And one by one, we'd go down the line, stepping forward, given just enough time to introduce yourself and the song you're going to be singing. Then you'd sing your 30 seconds of your approved cover song and step back in line. 
So you weren't just auditioning in front of the judges and the cameras. You were also auditioning in front of 30 other contestants. Talk about nerve-wracking. But when my number was called, I stepped forward, said, I'm Rachel May, and I'm going to be singing Boot Scoot and Boogie. And let me just say that I chose that song because as a female artist, I didn't want to leave any room for it to sound like I was just trying to impersonate Martina or Patsy. I wanted to sound like me, even though at that point, I didn't have the slightest clue what my sound was. But I knew in choosing that tune that there was no way I was going to sound like Brooks and Dunn. And y'all, I sang the crap out of all 30 seconds of that song. The next group of contestants stepped forward to claim their 30 seconds, and when it was all said and done, the producers called two numbers from the group and gave the rest of us a thank you, please move on. And if you didn't catch that, I wasn't one of the two. But y'all, I was damn proud because I was the only girl in that room that chose a song by a male artist, and I felt like I had taken a chance. I had done what I came to do, and I never felt the need to chase my dream down that road again. Okay, so here are my three biggest takeaways from that experience. Number one, be curious and don't be afraid to try something that's way outside your comfort zone. You learn so much about yourself in the process and clarity follows action. Number two, never sign a massive contract without first consulting an attorney. Y'all, I dodged such a major bullet there. Thanks for looking out, Haas. I'll explain that reference in the next episode, but I literally had no idea what rights I was signing away. Ridiculousness. And number three, reality TV is far from reality. We've all heard it before, but it's true that what makes for good TV doesn't require an accurate depiction of reality. And I'm not knocking the folks who have done these contests or the folks who continue to do them. It's a tremendous amount of work and pressure to go the distance on one of those shows. And I respect anyone who shows up and is willing to put themselves out there. And again, I can only speak to the experience I had. If you audition for a reality TV show yourself, your experience will be completely unique to you and you may love it. It just wasn't for me. But I've never once regretted that audition. In fact, I've given thanks for it again and again throughout my career. I'm so glad they did not call my number that day because I wasn't ready for what would have followed. I didn't know who I was as an artist yet, and I hadn't gotten clear on what I really wanted. And I think as an artist, there are so many different avenues to explore to getting yourself and your music out there. And there's not just one perfect path to success. Even the definition of success is so different for everyone. It's like being a chef building out a recipe. There are some basic ingredients and tools you'll need, but you also need to be curious and willing to try some things in the kitchen to see what works. And then you just keep refining until you find the winning combination. I'm glad that I eliminated the reality TV show route as part of my recipe so early on because it freed me up to focus my energy and efforts elsewhere. So there you have it. Now you know the answer to the million-dollar question I opened with, and you know why I don't audition for TV talent shows. Next week, I'll share with you what unfolded when I got home from the Nashville Star Audition and how Waylon Jennings completely changed the course of the rest of my career. Well, what did you think? Pretty wild, huh? And on a side note, it's really funny listening to that because I feel like I have such a baby podcasting voice there compared to now, right? Did you hear that too, or is it just me? 
I don't know. I think I have kind of a baby podcasting voice. Just further proof that we grow and improve with time and practice, right? But that can only happen if we bust past our own self-imposed limitations to begin with and just start something. So as I wrap up today's episode, I'd invite you to give the superhero narrative exercise a try yourself. (laughs) Take the opportunity to relive the moments in your life where you felt brave. It's really a pretty fun exercise. And let those memories help to generate the energy and courage you need right now to move forward with whatever it is that you're being called to do, but have been putting off out of fear. Bust through that invisible fence, my friend. And as always, if you feel inspired to share your takeaways from this episode, or you just want to connect, come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Mama's Cup of Ambition. Okay, that's it for today. But before I go, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and for tuning into the show. It truly means so much to me that you spent this time here with me today, and I appreciate appreciate you so, so much. So until next time, may your dreams be ambitious, may your coffee be strong, and may you be reminded of how truly limitless you are and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. I'll talk to you soon.